preach a long message to you this morning. I would ask that you would pray, though. Um, maybe something can be said this morning that will help us all get closer to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Something that will help us in our walk with Him. And uh, we certainly could use that. I could use that. Amen. Uh, I want the Lord to open my eyes to all the truth that He will that he will. I, I believe we need that more than ever right now. Yeah. Um, I believe that we surely do need truth. I, 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 I believe this morning, and it breaks my heart, but I believe we're in a time of a great falling away. Yeah. And I know I've preached that to you many times before, and so I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I believe there's many people's hearts who are growing cold, and I believe that there are people that's turning from the truth, and they're turning from the Lord. Um, and it's it's a sad thing. I, I watched a little video the other day, a man uh, uh, witnessing on the street, and uh, he was talking to a man about the Lord, and, and the, the man professed to be a Christian. He said he was a believer in Christ, and uh, the, the, the guy on the street, he was Ray Comfort, he said, um, he said, well, do you have a Bible at home? And he said, yeah. And he said, when's the last time you read it? And the guy said, it's probably been two years. And uh, he said, well, you need, to, you need to read that Bible. He said, you need to pick it up and read that Bible. And the man that professed to be a Christian, this way he said, he said, I'm probably not going to. I'm real busy. Um, he said, I'm probably the busiest person you know. And uh, I thought about that a lot. And I thought about uh, how can we be too busy for God? How can we be too busy for the God who, listen, you say, well, my life's real hectic. God is the one that gives you life. Amen. Right? I mean, how can we be too busy for the God who gives us life? How can we prioritize and get our priorities so mixed up that, that we would be like that man? And, and, and listen, if you think that can't happen to you, it can. Amen. It can. There's been times in my Christian walk many times where I found myself to be in a place to where uh, I wasn't proud to be in, I, where I wasn't, I didn't have my priorities in order, I didn't have things where they needed to be, but I believe times are more dangerous than what they've ever been. I certainly believe we're living in a time where people's hearts are, uh, uh, are moving away from the Lord and the world is certainly have a stronger pull, it seems now, than what it ever has. And, there's a lot of attractions in the world and a lot of things in the world that, that, that could catch your eye this morning. But you've got to be very careful uh, to keep the faith. But I, I do think there's a great hope that we have because I believe there's great power in the Word of God. Um, I, I believe that with all my heart. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. You can stay in Galatians 6, but we'll put Hebrews 4 up on the screen. It says the Word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the division of soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen? Amen. This morning we know the Word of God is able to pierce our hearts. We know that it can discern our very thoughts, our very intentions. It can cut through any hardness. It can cut through any stubbornness. It can cut through any deception, any pride, any anger, any bitterness. It can cut through any of those things and reveal to us the truth. It's like a mirror. We hold it up and we look in the mirror and no matter how much you want the mirror to show you something different, it only reflects what's really there. It's exactly what the Word of God does. No matter how much we want to twist it and contort it to show us something different, the reality is, is it shows us what's really on the inside. Amen? It shows us what we really are. And so we need that truth this morning. The hope is that today that God will use His Word in that way here amongst us that if there's anything in me or anything in you or anybody that's listening that's not pleasing, that God would reveal it. I hope that's your prayer this morning. I hope you want God to speak to you about areas that you might need to grow in or focus on. And I, I, I know God is able to. I, 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 I have 
trembled this morning at the thought that nothing is hidden from God. And that one day we'll give an account to him. You pray for me. I'm going to hold it together. I want to be ready for that day. I, I want to be ready. I, I, Brother Thomas, I saw him out changing the sign yesterday and he put all the sign out there. If the Lord was to come right now, would you be ready? It makes you think. makes you wonder this morning. Are you? Am I? I want to know. I want to be sure. Amen? I'm sure by now you've made it to Galatians 6. So let's look at the, just a few verses there this morning. Just three verses that I feel like the Lord put on my heart today and wasn't at all what I was intending to preach on uh, uh, last night when I laid down. I, I had a, a sermon from Jeremiah 17 that I had been leaning towards. and uh, but, but this morning when I woke up, this is where I felt like the Lord led me. So Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9, this is what it says. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now these are the verses of Scripture that, that God, I felt like, kind of spoke into my heart this morning. And they're not hard to understand. It's pretty plain speech, I think, that the Spirit uses to remind us of some important things. First and foremost, there's the truth that we must never allow ourselves to be deceived in believing that God can be mocked. He will not be mocked. Now that word mocked there, it means Simply, this means to be deceived or ignored. So you could read it this way. Do not be deceived. God will not be ignored forever or deceived by us. Many people are living their lives today as if they can deceive God, as if they can trick God. They act that they can, they think and act like they can ignore God's truths and his commandments that they can live their life and do their own thing and go their own way and follow their own will and they can just ignore Him in their day-to-day -day life. That they can just ignore His commands and ignore His voice and they can avoid the truth and they can live and they do live without any sense of fear. No fear of the Lord. And somehow they've convinced themselves that either God doesn't know the truth or that God will not hold it against them. But brethren, this scripture says differently. This scripture says that God will not be mocked. That whatever we sow, we reap. You cannot fool God this morning. I cannot fool God this morning. No matter how much we try to look good on the outside, no matter how much we try to clean it up on the outside and play the part and do all those things, God is not fooled. Amen. He's not deceived. God knows the very shortcomings of each person that's in this room today. He knows the sins that we struggle with. He he sees when we act in a way that displeases Him. God knows our life this morning, friend. He knows everything about each one of us. David said in Psalms 139, listen. He said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. That means my intentions. You understand what I'm thinking about doing before I do it. You comprehend my path. In other words, you know the direction that I'm moving my life into. 
my lying down, you are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. We can never forget that every minute of every day, God has a record of our lives. Our thoughts, our intentions, our words, everything, it's all recorded. He, he searches and knows each one of us, not just on the surface level. You, you might know me on the surface level. You know what I show you about me. That's all you know about me. Is what I show you. But God knows the inner things about me. Deep down, God knows the thoughts of my heart. He knows the real truth about me. He knows it about you. And there's nothing that's hidden from Him. And yet still, even though we know that to be true, it seems that there's so little of the fear of God in our hearts. I, I, I'm honestly amazed, even at my own self sometimes, at how little fear of the Lord there really is. It's as if, and I, I know you think I'm struggling, I'm not. I'm just trying to temper myself. In a way that I, I don't ever want you to think that I'm trying to beat up on you. I'm not. But it's as if we have convinced ourselves that God is not to be feared at all. Amen. It's like we've lost the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you this morning that there are many, and I would probably even go as far as to say most, most people that call themselves Christians have abandoned this fear of the Lord. They don't believe in what we read in Galatians. They don't really believe that you'll reap what you sow. They don't really hold to that. They don't cling to it. They live their life as if the commandments of God are just suggestions for a few set-apart godly people. But brethren, it's not that way. Amen. What God's Word commands is for all of us this morning. Yes, amen. Many are living their lives ignoring the Scripture, grieving the Spirit, quenching the Spirit, walking outside of the will of God, following the pattern of the world. They, they love the world. They love the things of the world. They're unashamed of their love of the world. As a matter of fact, they ignore God, but still have the expectation that God has to bless them. Amen. We read this morning in Jeremiah 17, which is the, the, the text I was originally going to preach out of, that the Bible says the man that trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by the water. But the man that trusts in himself is like a bush in the desert. Many people today, some of you sitting in here, sometimes me too, we don't even think on any given day that we might stand in the judgment seat tomorrow. It's like it just slips our mind. It's like it just fades away that we may very well have to give an account as we read in Hebrews of our lives before a God who gave us everything we need for life and godliness. And many people today, listen, because of the preaching of the love of God and the God is love, but because we preach a one-sided gospel, many people today can't even comprehend 
would be displeased with them. And they certainly, certainly won't believe that they might hear him say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Can never be them. They say, No, 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 no. He loves me. Yes, he does. But don't you remember this morning? Can I take your mind back a few minutes that God had chosen for himself a people in the nation of Israel? A people that he professed of his own self were the ones that he loved. They were a set-apart people from all the nations. And he loved them. He chose them. He called them out. He rescued them. He delivered them. He gave them a hope and a future. These, this group of people, he led them through the parted waters of the Red Sea. And they ate the manna that came down from heaven. And they drank the water that came from the rock that followed behind them while they were in the desert. Uh, this, uh, they, he, he loved this people. But they themselves lost their fear of the Lord. They lost their reverence for God. And they began to willfully disobey God. They rebelled against God. And they turned their hearts away from God. And God was so displeased with them. That the Bible says many of them perished in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, let's just look at it together. 1 Corinthians Chapter 10. Let me turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. This is the Old Testament example. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. And their bodies, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now listen. Now these things became our example. Amen? To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And that we would not become idolaters as were some of them. As it's written, these people, they sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ages have the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. <laughs> Do you see what happened? God had a people that he loved, a chosen people, a people that he had delivered. But when they turned away from him, when they rebelled against him, when they forsook him, God's wrath was kindled against them. Do you think somehow this morning that God has changed? Do you think that just as they mocked him in the wilderness, they ignored him, they, dis, 
They thought they could deceive him. There Moses was up on the mountain. There they were worshiping a golden calf. Did anybody come up the mountain and say, oh, they're worshiping a calf? No, sir. Do you know who saw them worshiping the calf? God saw them worshiping the calf. He told Moses, he said, get down this mountain. These people have already turned from me. Now listen today, friend. Nobody has to run and tell on you to God. God sees you. He knows you. He knows me this morning. And just as God was displeased with them, there, listen, when we turn away, God is displeased with us. Amen. When we stop fearing the Lord, when we stop thinking and remembering that one day we'll have to stand before this God in, in judgment, and I'm not trying to steal your joy this morning. I'm not trying to say that there's no happiness in being a Christian. There's great joy in the Lord. There's great joy in serving God and being a Christian. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes it's very trying. It is for all of us today. Those, those are just realities. But there's a great joy in serving God. But every day we as believers need to keep in our mind the fact that it may be before the sun sets this evening that you have to give an account of your life to God. You say, well now, we don't live, Bill, in the Old Testament. Okay. What did the Apostle Peter teach us in the New Testament? 1 Peter chapter 1. Now this is New Testament Christianity. He said, If you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's word, how should we conduct ourselves? Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. Do you understand that we this morning, those of us who profess to be Christians, we were not redeemed with corruptible things? We were bought with a price, were we not? We were bought with the, as the scripture declares it, look at it there, the precious blood of Christ. Yeah. To whom is that blood precious, could I ask you today? You say, well, it's precious to me. Yeah, but that's not what Peter meant. His, this blood was precious to God. Yeah. This blood is precious to God the Father. It was His Son that He gave. This is His Son's precious blood. And to live our life in sin and to forsake the truth and to ignore the commandments and to love the world without any fear and without any repentance is to trample the Son of God underfoot and to count the blood of the covenant as a common thing and to insult the Spirit of grace. That's not my opinion. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 10. I'll show you that he says this very thing. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now that was then. That was Old Testament. Now look at what he says here in the New Testament. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? who has counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now look at these words. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Amen? 
It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen? Friend, I hope you heard it there this morning. Listen, the Lord is going to judge His people. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of this living God. And I wonder this morning, is there any fear in us? Is there fear that we might be wasting our life? Is there fear that maybe God would see through all of our lame excuses? Is there a fear that maybe God would see through our deception since He's not mocked and that He might call us out for the truth and what it really is? Amen? You can fool your neighbors. You can fool your pastor. You can fool your spouses. You can fool your children. You can fool, I, I, I mean, you can fool everybody else. But you'll not fool this God. You'll not fool Him. He'll see through an empty profession. He'll see through a heart that's not been changed. No matter how much you pretend that it has been. He'll see through those things. He'll see through. He'll know the truth as to whether or not you've been born again or not. He'll see through it all. I'm telling you this morning, out of love, I mean sincere love, you better think seriously about the choices you're making in your life. You know, we got to be the example, don't we? Amen. I hear so many people who says, I just want my, I want my children. I want my children to, to grow up and to know the Lord and to be saved. Yet there's no example in them of what it means to live the Christian life. There's no example there for the children to follow. I want, I, I want my parents to be saved so much. I just wish that they would come to know the Lord. Then be the example of what it means to be a Christian. Your greatest testimony won't ever be with this. It'll be with your life. I, I want you to understand today. You can't just have a profession of faith and a life that don't back it up. You can't walk with God when it's convenient. You can't walk with God when it's easy and then go back to the world when it's not convenient and have its pleasures and waffle back and forth forever. You have to choose, as the scripture says, who you want to serve. You have a choice that's set before you. You can choose the narrow way. It's hard at times. It's full of joy, ups and downs. It's full of struggles, but still there's a peace that abides. You can choose the narrow way, which is Christ. Or you can choose the broad way, which is a much easier way. A much easier way. On the broad way, there's all kinds of room for you to go to the left or to the right. There's all kinds of wiggle room and all kinds of gray area and all kinds of places to where uh, you can say, well, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. But on the narrow way, it's a little tighter fit. But only one way leads to life. Only one way leads to the place that you and I profess that we want to go. Amen? Only one road leads there. You cannot get to heaven on the broad way. It's impossible. It doesn't lead that way. You have to choose which way you want to go. You have to choose whether or not you want to live for Christ or whether or not you want to live for this world. But you can never have both. You may have convinced yourself, and let me tell you what, the devil is wonderful at this. He is wonderful at convincing you that you can have both. But you cannot. You'll have one or you'll have the other, but you won't have both. 
Jesus himself said it. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, no one can serve two masters. And yet you make no mistake about it this morning. When we were in the world, we were slaves to this world. You may say, well, I felt like I could do anything when I was in the world. You were a slave to sin. This is what the scripture declares. But you say, I, I, I don't think I was a slave. You were, friend. You may have felt like you had more freedom, but really what you had was the freedom to sin. Amen. In Christ, you have the freedom that comes from righteousness. Freedom from sin. Amen. No one can serve two masters. He'll hate the one and love the other. He'll be loyal to one and despise the other. But you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do it. You may be here this morning and you've heard the gospel time and again. You've understood it. Maybe you even profess to believe it with your mouth. But now in your life you've come to reject it. You've chosen to walk the path of the world instead. You've chosen the pleasures of sin. I don't want you to be deceived this morning. God won't be mocked. Whatever you sow, friend, you'll reap. You're going to stand before Him one day. I'll stand before Him one day. We'll give account of our life to Him. And as Brother Travis preached to us last week, there's no time for lukewarmness. There's no time for half-hearted. There's no time for almost saved. There's no time for one day in the future I'll get things in order. I'll get things back together. I'll do this. I'll do that. You have to surrender your life to Christ. You've got to go all in. Listen, if you found yourself drifting towards the world as I have found myself so many times, this is your message this morning. This is God's call to you. Repent and return to the Lord. Turn to God. Follow Christ. Follow, follow Him wherever He leads. Trust in Him. Ask yourself, if I stood before the Lord this day, what would I hear Him say? Is your faith in Christ this morning? Is your life hid in Christ? Are you on the narrow way? Or are you on the broad way? I'm not talking about sinless perfection. We'd all be disqualified. But what I'm talking about is where is your heart this morning? Where is the true thing that you love today? What is your life? What do you really love? Christ to the world. Don't deceive yourself. You're sowing to the flesh. You're going to reap corruption. You say, well, as it gets closer to the time when I'll leave here, I'll get things in order. Well, a lot of people have thought that and the moment caught them unaware. Amen? Yeah. If you make the right choice this morning, if you'll begin to sow to the Spirit, the scripture says you can reap life everlasting. That means you can recenter your life in Christ this morning. It means you have this opportunity to start again, to get refocused, to get back in the will of God. That cross that you laid down, you have an opportunity to pick it back up again. If you're alive and you're here, that means God has given you the mercy that you need this morning to be right with Him. He's given you opportunity, time, a chance to repent. He has been faithful. Listen, friend, if you die without Him, it won't be because He didn't give you opportunity. This, for whatever reason that God decided this is the means by which God has chosen to call you back unto Himself. By the preaching of the Word of God. By the fellowship of the saints. By this little moment in time, God has called you again. He stands at the door. He knocks. Ready to come in and suck. He leaves the 99. 
comes after the one. The old, the, the old prodigal. When he left the father, the scripture says he moved as far from the father as he could. It said he didn't just move away. He went to a far country. He got away from the Lord. He got away from his father and he wasted all that he had. And when a famine came, instead of going back right away, what did he do? He tried to join himself to another that he might try to hold on to his life but he soon found out that there was no one that cared about him and no one that would give him anything. And friend, that may be where you're at this morning. Maybe you're listening online this morning and this is describing you. Maybe you're here and it's describing you. Maybe you'll hear it down the road sometime in the future and it'll be describing you. But whatever happens, listen. You may have moved away from God. You may have taken the blessing of time that God had given to you and wasted it on righteous living. Living for the world and you joined yourself to this world trying to find some satisfaction. But maybe this morning you can realize if God will touch your heart that there is no satisfaction in this world. I love what happens next. You see, the Bible says this. It says, then the, the young man, the son, he came to himself. Amen. He came to himself. This is what he said. He said, I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to confess my sins against him. And I'm going to willingly renounce my sonship and hopes that he'll just make me a hired servant. But the scripture says while he was a great way off, the father saw him coming. And he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And he put the best robe he had on him and he put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and he rejoiced that his son who was lost and dead was now found. You need to know this morning, friend, that because of who God is, He's willing to have compassion on you. It had nothing to do with the son in that story. It wasn't the son's goodness. It wasn't the son's money that got him back in. It wasn't anything that the son could do. It was the love and compassion of the father that made a way for the son. You need to know this morning that no matter how far you go out, no matter how far you've drifted, if you come back, you've got a compassionate and loving God that will welcome you. He'll clothe you in the best robe. Robes, as Isaiah said, He has clothed me with robes of righteousness. The righteousness which is Christ. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says if we confess our sins He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've been that old prodigal more times than what I want to. Took my own way, went my own way, walked my own path, thought I could do it on my own many times. I had gone out in the land and began to experience the famine and began to experience uh, uh, the woes of this world like that old scorched bush in the desert. Many times I've been there and I've had to come to myself and say, I've got to get back to the Father. I've got to get back home. And there's yet to have been a time when I didn't begin to turn around and go back right here at this old altar, when I didn't get down on my knees and say, I'm going to go back and confess uh, to the Father that long before I made it up here, God was already doing the work in Him. Amen. He's so faithful. Now the choice is set before you this morning, and there's nothing more important. Will you spend your life sowing to the flesh, or will you give up your life for Christ and begin to sow to the Spirit? You see, if you will sow to the Spirit... 
You'll reap life everlasting. Listen, for some, God may be calling you to repentance this morning. He may be saying, come back. Like he did in Jeremiah's day. In Jeremiah chapter 3, he said, Return, backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you. I am merciful, says the Lord. And I will not remain angry forever. Just acknowledge your iniquity that you've transgressed against the Lord your God. Just acknowledge it. You know, that's the problem we have, isn't it? So oftentimes we want to cross our arms and puff our chest and act like we haven't transgressed. But the reality is we have. The hardest thing sometimes is to admit that we have sinned. He said, just acknowledge your iniquity that you've transgressed against the Lord your God, that you've scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Now listen, he said, return, O backsliding children. Return. For I am married to you. I will take you. One from a city and two from a family and I'll bring you to Zion. Just return. Maybe for some of you today that's the very thing you need to know is that you can return. Maybe for others it's not that you've drifted at all. But maybe your heart is being pulled hard and you've been fighting because you're facing some major temptations. You ever been there? You haven't, you haven't turned away, but you feel the pull of the world on you. Yeah. I feel that a lot. And you've been struggling with some hard battles with the enemy, and he's got his sights set on you, and you feel the weight of his attack, and you've been starting to get that spiritually dull feeling again. You know what I'm talking about, Amen. You're starting to feel that slow fade. You're trying not to turn to the left or to the right, but it's a battle. It's a fight for you. I've been there. I felt that. You have to fight the good fight of faith this morning. You've got to fight back against that this morning. You've got to take the shield of faith, fight back in prayer, fight back by renewing your commitment to the Lord, fight back by worshiping God, fight back by praising God, fight back by giving thanks unto God, fight back by obeying the truth of God. You have to go to where you can get strength. You can't get strength in the world. You can't get strength uh, in, the, in the bed. You can't get strength uh, uh, at the table. You have to go to the Lord. Amen. Isaiah said this in verse chapter 40, verse 29. He said, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases their strength. Amen. There's been more times than not that I've been weak. And I've had to go to Him to get my strength. The scripture says he is the source of it. He's the fountain of living water. He's our provider and our protector and our shield and our redeemer. Our strong tower. It says he's the lover of our souls. Amen. Amen. There's no time for us to drift away. We don't have time to do that. There's souls that are perishing. Life is a vapor. So we fight today. We fight together for the strength of the Lord. We fight together to do what we know is right even when it's hard. Yeah. We fight against temptation. Listen as we close today. The choices we make today matter. Amen. It has far reaching consequences. It's not just this moment in time. That this choice makes a difference. The path that you choose to walk on, it matters. It matters in this life. It matters beyond this life. Your choice, it matters. Not just here, but in eternity. Your choice that you make today matters to the generations that are coming up behind you. We don't often think about that, do we? 
Your children and grandchildren are being influenced by your choices. You say, well, I just, I, I, I wish that my kids would come to church. Then come to church. I, I, I wish my kids would pray. Then pray. I, I, I wish more than anything that my kids would read the Bible and come to know the Lord. Then let them see you reading the Bible. And coming to know the Lord. Be the example. Be the example. Make the right choice. Sow to the Spirit. Reap life everlasting. If you've been following the Lord, even though it's hard, I do want to encourage you. I want to encourage you not to give up. And I needed this word today. God knew it long before I did. That's why he gave it to me early this morning. But this is what he says. And I want you to know the work you do for the Lord doesn't go unnoticed. You may be being faithful to God. You may be enduring hardships and temptations and struggles. You may be fighting hard battles. And you may think nobody cares. You may think nobody's, nobody even notices. But there's a God who sees all. Just as sure as he sees all the bad things, he sees all the good. And this is what he says to us. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Amen. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. I don't want to lose heart this morning. If you're here and you've been fighting to do what's right and trying to serve the Lord with all your heart, I want you to know this morning, keep fighting. Amen. Keep serving. Don't lose heart while it may seem Pointless today. And it may seem futile. And the enemy may tell you that it is. It's not. To God, the things you do are precious in his sight. But he has a reward laid up for those who are faithful unto the end. Amen. Be thou faithful unto the end. Unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. Amen. 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 It's coming one day. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I hope I didn't keep you too long today. I just encourage you for a minute to bow your heads with me. I would ask that maybe you would begin to consider your life and begin to consider your heart this morning. Was there something in this message that maybe spoke to you in a way that you say, well, I just want to come and talk to the Lord about some things. I just want to come and, and get some things in order maybe that I needed to get in order. Maybe it has nothing to do with this message. Maybe you just need the altar. You just need to pray. Been struggling. just want to open the altar up to you today if it's you. I know I'm going to get down in a moment. I want to be ready for the day of the Lord. And I don't want to lose heart along the way. Still a little time this morning. Does anybody else need to come this morning? Something about an old altar. It's good for the soul. Still room for you if you want to. go together in prayer to the Lord. Heavenly Father, so thankful for your patience with us, God, Lord, as we have a tendency to drift, God, at times. We're thankful, God, today, Lord, that you help us even when we stumble, God. You pick us up, God. God, help us not to lose heart this morning, God. 
Good place to be. Amen, sis. Amen. All right, we love you. Have a great week. God bless you.